Hello again, and welcome to another episode. Thank you for joining me all October for my little love fest, because, you know, normally I don't record weekly. Usually it's every other week. So it was really nice to do this um, every week and just get to talk a little ad nauseum about horror and all of the spooky things that I like. So this one I titled, This is Halloween. Halloween, Halloween, you know, which would make you think I'm talking about the nightmare before Christmas, but of course I am not (laughs) because that would be way too fucking easy. I decided on this last October love fest of mine, I was going to talk about some horror movies um, that might be a good addition for your Halloween movie marathon or just to watch in general. I know that, you know, as horror fans, we always watch the same, the same ones, you know, our regular favorite. Of course, mine is the thing. I watch that every Halloween, but then I watch it throughout the year, which my family is probably over that. And I really don't care. (laughs) Y'all probably already know. And, um, you know, we've got all of our favorites. Um, Halloween 1978, um, Alien, Aliens, like I said, The Thing, An American Wolf in London, Poltergeist, The Exorcist, The Shining. I could go on and on. I, I literally could, y'all. Um, but, you know, these are some newer ones that I've watched this year that I think you might enjoy if you haven't already seen them or if you have seen them, you know, that might be good to maybe give that suggestion to someone who might not have seen them. These are just a few that I've seen so far um, that I really enjoy. And I'm not going to be real extensive with any of these. Just kind of wanted to drop a short one on Halloween because, you know, y'all are going to be out getting candy and and Halloween parties. And I know it's on Monday. You know, you got to work. You got to do adult shit. Nobody wants to do that. I am going to enjoy the day off and, and watch horror movies. But You know, if you are going to be doing a movie marathon or if you've done one over the weekend or whenever, you know, horror fans, we watch them year year round. We just get a little bit more nutty in October, right? So let's see. No particular order. Like I said, I'm not going to go into a whole lot on these because I want you to enjoy them if you haven't seen them. And if you have, then you'll know the points that I will be talking about. So let's see. The very first one I have that I'm making a suggestion for is Scream 2022. Now, this is currently streaming on, looks like Paramount and also Hulu. And if you have subscription to these streaming services, you can watch it there. But Scream 2022, I didn't know how I would feel watching it. I didn't even know if I would like it. And of course I fucking loved it, but (laughs) going into it, I wasn't really sure. I, you know, sometimes reboots or in this case, requels, you're not really sure what you're going to get. And this one for me hit all of the great points. You know, obviously we get to see Sydney come back. We get some new final girls that we can root for and yell at the TV, (laughs) you know, get out of there. And then, you know, we get to see a lot of old familiar faces. And then we also get to see um, some of our favorite characters who don't make it. 
once again, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but if you, you know, it came out early this year, so you probably already know who, who made it and who didn't, but it's got a really cool cast of, of, um, connected teens. You know, they're all either, um, relatives. Uh, we have the Martin Meek twins or Meek Martin twins. Um, they're probably my favorite part of Scream 2022 because uh, Mindy is the niece of Randy and has that same kind of energy. And I absolutely love watching her. And, um, you know, there are a lot of uh, baddies in here that I, I will say this about the Scream series, the Scream franchise. I really want them to break out of having two killers. I know that's kind of a spoiler, but it's like we've seen this over and over and over. That's my only kind of, I guess, problem with that movie. But even with that being the case, I still had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, it pokes a lot of fun. It's it's still pretty meta, you know, making fun of elevated horror versus slasher tropes and um it's it's cute i i enjoy it i would highly recommend you watch it um and it was nice seeing an old familiar face of a character that i didn't expect to see and that's probably as spoiler spoilery as i want to get with that one because i don't want to get into too much detail but that character is also connected to one of our main characters and it was nice. It was nice seeing that face again. So Scream 2022 is my first recommendation. Just something to throw in if you've not seen it yet. And if you have, then you already know where all the beats are and, and how that rolls out. I'm, I'm actually interested to see the next part of this franchise um, now that we kind of have a, a newer final girl to to look out for. And also that they've put the location in, I think, New York. So that's interesting to think about. But I still can't believe that I've watched this franchise for so long. And I still enjoy watching every single one of them. Even the ones that I don't really care for, I, I, I'm a Scream fanatic. I'm going to just throw that out there. I will literally watch this movie with anyone that wants to watch it with me. That's that's how much I I love the Scream franchise, and I know for some people they don't they don't get it or they're like eh, it's not that good or they do the same thing. But there's something about those movies. Maybe it was just at a time in my life that I just glommed onto them. But I really I really enjoy the whole Scooby Doo ness of trying to figure out who the killer is and what's the motive and all of these things that you know I kind of just eat up with horror movies in general. So that's my first recommendation. Um, another one that I watched this year did not have any any real reason to enjoy it. And I didn't really, it wasn't even on my radar of something I had to watch. Put it on as a, a passing, like we didn't have anything else to watch. I'm like, yeah, let's just check this shit out. That movie is Day Shift. Now, Day Shift came out this year, 2022. It's currently streaming on Netflix. And what can I say about it without being too spoilery? It, it's hilarious. It's um, vampires exist in this particular world. And we have some people who 
go out and they kill vampires and they collect the fangs and they get paid and there's a whole union of vampire killers and you know it's just like a regular run-of-the-mill business and we get jamie fox who is um bud i think it's his name and he was in the vampire union got kicked out needs money because his wife is or excuse me his ex-wife is planning on moving and taking his daughter um, to another state. So, you know, he wouldn't be able to spend time with her. And so he wants to get back into the union of these vampire killers, but he has to have um, an accountant, Dave Franco, <laughs> um, Seth, and he's always in the office. He's never been in the field. He doesn't know how gross and gory these things get. And it is a hell of a fun vampire flick. Um, it's you know, vampire hunters and vampires, and they do some really clever things. They they kind of spin the mythos of how to kill them on its head, and it's just a fun-ass movie. Like, I, I did not expect to like it as much as I did, and I find myself thinking about different parts of it and different lines, and it really is just a lot of fun. It's like an action horror comedy almost. And there are um, two guys in this movie. One's played by Steve Howey. Um, if you've seen Shameless, um, he played Kevin on Shameless. And I apologize, I can't remember the other guy's name, but they're two Russian brothers. There's a scene where they go into a, what they call a nest. And it's really like a house full of different type of vampires. And in this film, also, we have different archetypes of vampires because, you know, they have certain levels. And they go into this nest and there are like a bunch of different types of vampires living in this house, which is something they normally don't do. They don't usually all uh, cohabitate together. They don't really hang out together, these particular type of vampires. So there is a sequence between these two brothers and Jamie Foxx and Dave Frankel, and they're in there killing all of these vampires. And it is one of the most hilarious and action-packed scenes. I want to see more of the Russian brothers that were in this movie because they were the highlight. And I kept hoping that they would bring them back, you know, towards the end of the film, but we didn't. We only got to see them in that little snippet, but they were by far outstanding. We need a film with just those guys alone because they were just amazing um, it's fun. It's lighthearted. You know, there's obviously Jamie Foxx has a daughter. There's going to be a kid in peril. And I think Megan Good was playing his ex-wife and it was nice to see her. I hadn't seen her do anything in a while, but it's on Netflix. It's a, a really, really fun watch. And how did I forget to mention <laughs> we have Snoop Dogg in this film and he's doing like this whole I guess, cowboy Western thing. Um, he really kind of almost conveys like maybe a Whistler type character, like in Blade, you know, Whistler is like the old wise vampire hunter. <laughs> but it's really funny seeing Snoop Dogg, you know, wearing these uh, cowboy outfits and, you know, just, it's it's just odd, but it's funny and everything in it works. So it's almost a little bit like from Dust Till Dawn and a little bit like Van Helsing, a little bit like Monster Squad. You know, it's just a, it's an amalgam of a lot of different movies, but it's a hell of a lot of fun. And like I said, there are a lot of inventive ways that they kill the vampires, a lot of inventive things that they say about the vampire lore. 
And um, it's funny watching Jamie Foxx and, and Dave Franco kind of be, you know, buddy cop <laughs> type movie. You got a rookie that do- that doesn't know anything. And then you've got, you know, the seasoned killer. And it's it's a lot of fun. I would highly recommend watching that if you have Netflix and um, you can check it out. It's it's not the best movie, but it's a fun movie. It's a fun ride. So let's see. Now, the next one I have on my list is The Black Phone. And this one is actually streaming on Peacock. If you have a subscription, I think you can rent it on a couple of other streaming services as well. But man, The Black Phone really blew me away. I did not expect to like it as much as I did. Um, You'll hear me say that with a lot of these because I like to go into movies with no expectation. Like I just go in wanting to see what it is and see if it's wowing me, that's great. If it's not, then I know not to worry about it. The only thing I did know about it was that it was based on the short story that Stephen King's son, Joe Hill wrote. And I never read the short story. Um, I did go back and read it after I watched it because it was such a great film. And it, I guess it spoke a lot to me just because um, it's set in the late 70s. And I've talked about this on previous episodes before, but I grew up in the 80s and it was kind of scary because they were, you know, we had child abductors and not that we don't have that now, but for some reason, I guess because I was a kid in the 80s, it always kind of frightened me to, you know, worry about if things like this would happen. And um, in this film, The Black Phone, there is a serial child abductor in in this neighborhood. And I think they call him the grabber. And Ethan Hawke plays this character. He really creeped up my night (laughs) when I watched it. I was very unnerved by a lot of what he was doing. You know, there's a kid who's in a terrible kind of household. His mother had um, either died or left. I can't remember, but yeah, his mom died. The dad is an alcoholic. You know, he's got to raise two kids by himself. He's really abusive to them, you know, verbally, you know, physically he beats them. Um, Probably doesn't know how to deal with his grief. And, you know, is kind of grieving in his own way, but not really connecting with his children. Um, I love the the kids in this film because they, I don't know, they just reminded me of me. They were young and they, um, I didn't grow up in an abusive household, but they were very adult children. They, they were latchkey kids. They knew how to come home and cook and do things on their own. And the... Um, little boy, I think his name is Finn, and his sister, uh, Gwen. She's kind of psychic, or she is psychic. She has premonitions and visions, and, you know, they've heard about this this grabber being in the neighborhood, and, you know, Finn is small. He's bullied a lot. The, the bottom line of this movie is he does get abducted by the grabber, and his sister is trying to use her powers to to help find him and locate him. And he doesn't have a lot of time. He's running out of time. And he's put in a um, soundproof basement and there is a black phone on the wall that's disconnected. And the grabber tells him that it doesn't work. 
So there's no point in him trying to call for help because nobody's going to come for him. But in the supernatural realm that we're in in this film, the black phone does work. Finn hears it ring. He answers it. And throughout the movie, he is talking to each of the previously abducted boys and they're trying to help him escape. They're giving him clues on what he can do to get out alive because they didn't. And this is their their attempt to help him in any way possible. And this movie had me on the edge of my seat. There were so many close calls and so many harrowing moments that you don't expect to see children in or that you don't want to see children in. And it really did, and for me personally, it made me thankful that I'm I'm a surviving adult. I, I've never had anything this close to home um, happen to me. But there are children in this world that do have these things happen to them. And it was such a great movie to watch um, because one, we get to see uh, a child who is a survivor And then we do get to see that even though these children died and they didn't make it and they had terrible things done to them, they are speaking out to him from the afterlife to try and help him not meet the same fate. This movie was outstanding. I cannot tell you how much I love it. Um, It was nice. It was interesting to see Ethan Hawke play yet another bad guy because if you've seen... um, Moon Knight on the Disney Channel, Disney Plus. They, um, he was a, a villain, sort of, kind of in that. <laughs> we still don't have the whole backstory on that, but yeah, he was a villain. But I don't really get to see him play bad guys that often, so it was nice to see him really go for it. Um, what else can I say about it without being too spoilery? It's it's good. It's scary. It's a lot of kids in peril. Um, but when when everything comes together, it's probably one of the best supernatural movies I've seen in ages because I really was on the edge of my seat. I was holding my breath on a lot of scenes and um, it was just a fresh take on on horror set in a different time period. And one thing is you you have to keep your wits about you when things happen, when bad things happen. And it was nice to see, um, you know, a kid who, despite everything, kept his wits about him and that his sister was such a a force to be reckoned with to make certain that she could bring her brother home. Because in that household, all they had was each other. Their dad was not really there for them. And they, they were just consoling each other and protective of each other. And even though she was his younger sister, she was more protective of him, I think, than he was of her. She was very um, sure of herself. So it was great to watch this movie. Um, my entire family enjoyed it. It's definitely going to be one that I'm going to be watching and rewatching for years to come because it's, it's that stellar of a film. And um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. The Black Phone was one of my top 10 that I've watched recently um, still kind of sits with me to this day, really. So another great one that I just watched recently, and I do mean recently, <laughs> was another one with a, a teen kind of in peril. And this one was Wendell and Wild. Absolutely 
love this film. And I'm probably going to gush a little bit more about this one than I have on the other ones. But this one is currently streaming on Netflix. And no, I don't have any kind of uh, deal with Netflix or Tubi or Peacock or any of them. I just like telling people where they can go and watch these films. I would love to be sponsored by these things, but I am not. So I don't have any preference or love for anybody. I'm just letting you know where you can watch it if you're interested in watching it. So Wendell and Wild. It's uh, made by the same uh, gentleman that made Coraline, a great stop motion animation uh, film about these two demon brothers. And they, um, well, let me back up. So Wendell and Wild is really about Cat. And Cat is a character who spoke to me simply because she is a black goth teen um, and she's really strong and but she's got her own personal demons. So how can I say about Wendell and Wild without spoiling too much? Well, you need to watch it, first of all. Uh, it is kind of a bleak film to begin with because we have Kat, who is our main character, and her parents are um, owners of a brewery, and they are. we see them talking with somebody and turning them down. There's a... Um, Claxon Corp. They want to buy the brewery. They're trying to buy different things in the town so they can basically make it a uh, prison that they can make money off of. So the parents say no. Um, something tragic happens while the family is in a car together and Kat is all alone. She is an orphan. Um, she was in a juvenile group home some things happened and now she's being moved to a private school um, on a program. And then we come to find out that our cat is a hell maiden, which basically means she has demons that, you know, she's kind of bonded or tied to. Uh, she also has some powers too, but I won't give too much about that away because you have to see it to see the powers. But this movie was an absolute blast for me. It actually made me feel like I was a kid. Um, and I love the movies that give me that kind of feeling. But I'm a little biased. Let me tell you why. <laughs> There's always a little bit of bias in these when I, when I tell you about movies. I love the character of Kat because her dad uh, clearly is a punk rocker. And this this movie, this animated movie has a primarily uh, people of color, punk rock soundtrack. And that sold me. Like my former teen self, if, if I had seen this when I was a teen, I would have been like, okay, this is my life story. <laughs> um, but it would be more my mom, not my dad. My mom was more of the eclectic person that liked all of the different genres of music, especially punk. And my uncles grew, grew I grew up listening to a lot of punk music because of my uncles. So that spoke to me uh, in a way that I, I didn't expect it to resonate with me as much as it did. Um, she also was a girl who didn't have a lot of friends, and she also had a lot of personal demons, not just the Wendell and Wild demons, but she had some things that she had to battle through herself. And I just thought it was a great tale about loss and um, friendship and, you know, dealing with your personal 
turmoil that you have. And also there's a lot of fun because we get to see things come back from the dead and we get to see demons and demon hunters. And uh, there's also, um, because she's in a school that, you know, it's more of a, I guess, Catholic school, there are nuns. And um, (laughs) there were quite a, a lot of funny things in there about the nuns, you know, people usually call them penguins and they actually did look like penguins, <laughs> which I thought was so cute. Um, and James Hong is in this too. And oh my gosh, there is a brilliant Big Trouble in Little China <laughs> nod to him. And uh, I don't know, there's something about this film if you watched Coraline, Paranorman, and Wendell and Wild with your kids, it would be the best film ever. They even touch on some things that I didn't expect them to, which is uh, there is a, a character that's transitioning, um, that had transitioned, and that was pretty cool because they didn't even really make it an issue, which I thought was so progressive. But yeah, that would be my advice. Coraline, Paranorman, Wendell and Wild. It's a fantastic way to make yourself feel like a kid again. And you have to stay to the credits on Wendell and Wilde there's a lot of really cool things that they do in the credits as well. So that was one I just literally recently watched. And it's definitely going to be a favorite. Um, I wish, I hope that Netflix will put these on DVD because I would love to have a physical copy of it. But it was just a lot of fun. And I think if you're looking for something light that, you know, tugs at your heartstrings just a tiny wee bit, I would definitely check out Wendell and Wild. And then how did I even forget? We also get the reunite the the uh, reunion, I should say, about to say reunited, <laughs> the reunion of uh, Key and Peele as these characters, Wendell and Wild. And they were so cute. It was, it was a hoot to watch. I mean, it was, it's one that, you know, I'm thinking about it now and it's making me a little sad, but it's only because I know my mom would love it and she can't see it. But I think it's definitely one that if you get a chance to watch, watch it and let me know what you think about it. But that uh, punk rock soundtrack, man, that really had me like I, I there were a couple of times when they played some bands and my little my little fist went up in the air. My husband's looking at me like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's like we were in the theater. He'd be so embarrassed. But, man, I can't help it when I hear stuff like that and I see a character that reminds me of me. Shit. I'm so like a motherfucker. You don't, you don't even have to like, give me any, any other reason to watch this movie. It's like, what, what? A black goth girl. Oh, I'm there. <laughs> that was all I needed to know. That's all you had to say. I'm really going off on a tangent here. And I promise you guys, I even not even had, well, I had a cup of coffee. I haven't had that many cups, but I did have one. It wasn't Death Wish. It was just regular old Java. Uh, let's see. What do I have left? next here. I only have a few more because I didn't want to make this a long podcast. I know people are a long podcast episode because I know people are working and, you know, there's other stuff that you want to do. But if you're listening to me on the way home or on the way to work, this should be enough to get you in there and wet your whistle. So what do I have next? Let's see. Sorry, I'm looking at my list, y'all. Oh, so this was a great one that I saw this year. And I'm going to warn you ahead of time. This movie is not for the squeamish or faint of heart. So if you got any problems, don't watch it. Having said that, 
the movie I'm getting ready to talk about is The Sadness. Now, it looks like that's streaming on Roku channel if you have a premium subscription, Amazon Prime if you have a premium subscription, and you can rent it on Vudu. The Sadness. Oh my goodness. So, this film... trying to think of what I can say without giving too much away. So I'm a comic reader and there is a comic series that was created by Garth Ennis called Crossed. And it's all about these people who get this virus and the virus basically gives you no inhibition. So you do whatever, whenever, and that's including killing, you know, fucking, maiming, whatever the fuck, that's what you do. You have no, there's no sensor on your impulse. You just do it. And it usually is the most horrific and graphic things that these people do to each other. The reason it's called cross is because once they are infected, they have a rash that appears on their face that looks like a cross. And that's how you can usually tell. If you see them doing some fucked up shit, that's usually also how you can tell. But the the rash cross on their face, that mark is a good indicator that they are infected. It's infected. You get infected by uh, bodily fluids. So that's blood, spit, semen, whatever. Once you get it, you're infected. You can't turn back. So Cross is a comic that I read, fell in love with. It's really graphic. It's really gross. The Sadness is loosely based on that comic, on that graphic novel. And I heard about this film. I never in a million years would have thought that there would have been a film, a TV show, anything that would have to do with Cross because it is very, very graphic and it is hyper-violent. Some of the things on those comic panels just kind of blew me away. And I just said, oh, well, shit, there's no way in hell they can make this into a film. But they kind of (laughs) did with the sadness. So this film, like I said, it's not for the faint of heart. If you're squeamish in the least little bit, just steer clear of it. If you are not, however, this is going to be your peanut butter jelly sandwich. That's all I'm going to say. But to start it off, we see a young couple And I want to say it's in Taiwan. I think that's where it's located. And I've only seen this once, so bear with me. But we start with a young couple. They're in love. And, you know, um, his wife or girlfriend, I don't remember if they're married or not. They don't really have a lot of money, but they clearly have a lot of love. And they're there for each other. And um, the girlfriend or wife is going to work. Um, The boyfriend is going to a nearby cafe. And they're has been this kind of flu going around and the government has kind of told people, you know, that they need to be weary of it, but they haven't really taken any real precaution against this virus. You know, they, they doubt that it, it's kind of like COVID really, you know, they doubt that that's a real virus or that it's going to be anything, you know, it's not going to be anything all that spectacular. And, um, after he drops the girlfriend off, I'll just say girlfriend because I don't think they were married. Um, he goes to a cafe and then shit starts kicking off. You know, we see uh, an older lady that's kind of bloody. Um, she's got, you know, blood all over her nightgown and she um, spits on somebody and then she grabs some burning oil 
some like, I think in the cafe, they were like frying, you know, like breakfast stuff. And she takes some oil and, and burns somebody else, like a stand, like somebody that's standing there in line. And then the guy she spat on attacks somebody else. Um, then this bloody lady is chasing our main character into the street and she's run over by someone else. But the person that runs her over has the same kind of weird, they have like, a, I guess, like dark eyes, dark circle around their eyes. And you can just tell that there's something off about them. And he's not able to get in his uh, car. He, you know, he's trying to get out of there because as they're spitting or biting or, you know, scratching these people, they're getting infected as it goes. It's terrible. And it escalates so fucking fast. <laughs> like ridiculously fast. It's like watching a zombie attack, but these people aren't dead. They're just infected and they do the most heinous things in this movie. Now I'm, I'm making this a suggestion because if you've never seen, um, this type of violent horror movie, you really should watch it. I, I mean, I know I'm making it sound like it's the most deplorable thing, but it's an interesting view to see what happens when infected people infect other people and what the officials do and, and what their plans are. But really, this movie is off the fucking chain. I mean, it's terribly, terribly scary to think that something could ever happen in this kind of capacity. And of course, his poor girlfriend's on the um, subway can you imagine being in a subway in an enclosed space when people are infected and they're just ramping up and killing people? And it's uh, it's wild. It's like one of the most wildest scenes I've ever seen. And there's a guy on the subway, of course, that you know has a crush on her or is trying to make a pass at her. And of course, that's the last motherfucker that you want to be infected. But of course, he's the first motherfucker <laughs> that we come across that's infected. And he's got like a raging, you know, you know, you get people that you have crushes on and he just latches onto this woman. And so he's relentlessly pursuing his girl, this lady, this man's girlfriend throughout this whole movie, because he's going to do a whole lot of nasty stuff to her. All of the stuff that he's been thinking about every day that he's seen her on this train, he's going to do. So, you know, you find yourself invested in these characters. The boyfriend's trying to make it to her. She's trying to get off the subway. Um, there's another lady that's injured on the subway that she's trying to help. And this guy is just following them. Uh, you know, it, it's terrible to see how quickly everybody gets infected. And then to see the stuff that they do to each other. Like I said, the reading cross, the graphic novel prepared me for this. So I wasn't even phased by it. I was still covering my mouth. You know, like when you watch a movie and you put your hand up to your mouth and you're kind of like, holy shit. So I still caught myself doing that, but I wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't as disturbing as I probably would have been had I not read that comic. And it hits all the points. Like you get everybody in peril, you get people coming up with different weapons, you get people coming up with ways to kill them. And of course the government has no, they don't know what the hell they're fucking doing. <laughs> like they just, people are in their bunkers and people are turning and it's, it's really um, one of the most crazy survival type horror films I've seen in a long time and don't watch it dubbed definitely watch it with the subtitles because you'll miss a whole lot of the subtext in that but let me tell you when you see this movie whenever you watch this movie 
you need a palate cleanser after. Like, find something funny to watch after. Like, watch a Little Shop of Horrors or Rocky Horror Picture Show or whatever makes you smile afterwards because you're going to need it and you're going to be exhausted because I felt exhausted by the end of this movie. It's definitely one of my favorites, but once again, it's only because I I read the Cross comic series and I, I love that comic series so much. I don't want you guys to think I'm morbid or anything. Sometimes those kind of movies and books make me feel better about a lot of other things. So it, I know it seems weird, but it's a cathartic thing. I can't really explain it. If somebody who knows, if you know, you know. If you don't, don't worry about it. it it'll make sense in the end. But um, the sadness is one you definitely should experience if you if you have a chance to. So the last one I do want to talk about is a short film, and it's called Werewolf by Night. And this one is streaming only on Disney Plus. I wanted to talk about this one because. It was a lot of fun and it's not very long. And I think it may be an hour at best. Um, Marvel Studios made this one and it's it's a nice little kind of tie-in with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Absolutely had a lot of fun watching this one, and I think everybody else will too, especially if you Go in with an open mind. Don't expect anything. Yeah, it's about 53 minutes, so you're not even wasting an, an entire hour. It's a little under an hour. And in this one, this special, we get introduced to the Bloodstones. Um, I absolutely love this film because we get Elsa Bloodstone, who I pray that we'll see folded into the Marvel Cinematic Universe at some point. We also get um, Jack, I think his last name was supposed to be Russell in this but I, I'm thinking it's different in the comics. But basically we get all of these um, monster hunters together and it's due to Elsa Bloodstone's father, Ulysses. Um, he dies. And so these monster hunters are there and they are competing in this hunt so they can figure out who's going to be the new leader of this group of monster hunters. Um, you also end up getting the Bloodstone. And Elsa is a daughter who kind of left. She didn't want to get into the whole Monster Hunter thing. And she comes back. And the whole thing is filmed in black and white. We get splashes of color towards the end. But really, it's just a great little film. And when I say little, it is a great little film. We have monsters. We have Monster Hunters. We have a lot of tongue-in-cheek things that we see, and we also get one of the best werewolf transformations I've seen to date, and it's very old school. I love the way that they show it. Um, I don't want to really go into too much about this like I did with the other ones. I don't want to spoil it too much because I am making these suggestions, so I don't want to ruin any of the surprise, but when they go to have uh, this monster hunt, this, this huge um, hunt with these hunters. We have a monster that they are trying to locate and not everybody is what we think they are. And that was the genius of this. If you don't know anything about these characters, you're going to love it. Just go into it excited and, you know, wide eye, like you would be a kid because learning a little bit about these characters and getting to find out a little bit more of who these people are, 
was the icing on the cake for me. Everything about it was great. You know, the style, the music, the way people were dressed, the black and whiteness of it. It all made it feel like an old school universal monster movie. And that to me was the highlight of it. Once again, I keep bringing up my mother, but she would absolutely love this because universal monster movies were the movies that I started out watching with her when I got introduced to horror. This hits all of the beats. It's very cute, to the point, doesn't linger on, and you get little hints of things to come. I really hope that Disney does more of these kind of one-off of these characters that we don't hear a lot about. You know, with Marvel, we always hear the same kind of, you know, Fantastic Four and X-Men and all of these characters, which I love, but I love that they're branching out and we're seeing different ones like Moon Knight and we're seeing Elsa Bloodstone and we're seeing... Um, man thing, you know, we're seeing different characters that are part of Marvel that need to get a lot more love. So Werewolf by Night, like I said, it's only 53 minutes. I'm not going to really go into it because I don't want to ruin it for anybody. But if you get a chance and you have Disney Plus, I implore you to go and watch it just because it's a hell of a lot of fun. And if you want something that you don't have to be too invested in, but you get to see all of the fun horror tropes that we love, you'll love it. It's it's one that's very enjoyable. Probably going to watch it again. I'm probably going to watch it on Halloween just because it's such a fun ride. So let's see. Um, those were my few suggestions of the ones that I've seen so far. Still haven't seen Barbarian. Didn't really want to talk about Nope because I plan on doing a whole episode of that. And, um, you know, if you have any ideas or any other horror movies that you've seen recently that you like, you know, please shout out and let me know what you think. Or when you watch these, let me know what you think about them. I'd really like to know. And um, this was just something short to do for Halloween, just because I wanted to wrap up the October Love Fest, like I stated. And this is Halloween, so everybody should make a scene. I know I'm being cheesy because I'm quoting the song, but just because we're adults doesn't mean that we can't enjoy Halloween. And for me, every day is Halloween because I really do love horror movies and I love talking horror with people, especially people that love horror. And it's just something that's been kind of instilled in me since I was a little kid from those universal monsters. So October and Halloween is such a special time. For me, it's my Christmas. I know people are more partial to Christmas and Thanksgiving, you know, and all that schmaltzy shit. <laughs> but for me, it's the gore and the scariness and, and that feeling of being a kid again. So I say shit. If you're, you know, 40 years old and you come knocking on my door and you got a five o'clock shadow and you want fucking candy, I'm going to give it to you because, you know, that spirit should never die. Also, Almost forgot. Don't forget to throw in the Charlie Brown uh, Halloween special, The Great Pumpkin, because that's tradition, right? You have to watch this, The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. <laughs> Who doesn't want to see that? Who doesn't want to see Sally cutting the, the holes in the sheets and scaring the hell out of herself and, you know, poor dumbass Linus waiting in the pumpkin patch and <laughs> everybody's just like giving him hell about it. And he's just, he's a believer, you know, and I feel like Linus. No matter how old I get, I'm going to always be a believer in Halloween. I'm always going to be a believer in keeping that spirit of wonderment and scariness and spookiness alive. You know, it's one of those things I think that keeps me as young as I feel. 
Well, that and all of the lascivious sex stuff that I always want to do and talk about. But that's beside the point. <laughs> that coffee, wonderment. Keep all of that together. You know, lasciviousness, wonderment, coffee. I'm, I'm going to be immortal. I'm telling you guys. But that was just my little love fest. So if you get a chance, if you haven't seen a lot of these, please make sure that you go and watch them and, you know, holler at me and let me know what you think about them. If you think they suck, you can still holler at me. That's fine. We're adults. We don't have to like the same things. That's the best part about it, right? doesn't really matter which ones you like and which ones I like. We can discuss them and move on. But I just wanted to throw something new out in case there are some that you've never seen. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And um, I'm going to go back to my every other week format because, you know, too much of a good thing. I don't want to be that. I don't want to I don't want to stay here, overstay my welcome. That's what I'm trying to say horribly. I'm saying it horribly, but that's what I was trying to say. But um, I don't know. I guess what I need to do is let you guys go. I hope you have a very safe and happy Halloween. Cannot wait for Halloween to come back again. I, it goes by so fast. But we've got Thanksgiving and Christmas on the way, I guess. I guess I'll allow it. So um, it's been fun this October. I'm glad I got to do it. And I might do a weekly one again Maybe in February for Black History Month, I might do one a week. Thanks. That's a short month. But I'll let you go. Thanks for listening. As always, I greatly appreciate everybody tuning in to me rambling because I do ramble, right? It just, I mean, y'all are used to that by now, I'm sure. So I guess I'll just leave you with, until next time, just listen out for my voice in the darkness, and I will talk to you then. Bye.